Hey, y'all, Lucas from the Fantasy Football Fellows here. Before we dive into today's action-packed episode, just want to give a quick disclaimer. The volume's going to be a little bit wonky today. We got some brand new sound equipment. It sounds fantastic. Uh, I I think it's going to sound significantly better uh, than the previous quality of video we were putting out for you all. You will notice, though, uh, I come through very loud, very clearly. Tyler, (laughs) Tyler comes through more quietly in this episode, and part of that was... We were working on getting this, all this equipment set up, and when we got it all figured out, we just dived right into the episode, and we realized we didn't turn Tyler's mic up until the very end of the episode. So uh, you will still be able to hear Tyler throughout the episode. You'll still be able to hear me loud and clear, but just know for future weeks, uh, we will have our volume levels equaled out, uh, and you will be able to hear us both loud and clear, and once we bring camera back in as well, uh, it will be a blast. Uh, this is such a fun episode. I'm looking forward to sharing it with you all. Thanks for bearing with us as we get settled in with new equipment here to make sure we bring you all the best product possible. Enjoy today's episode. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. We're, we're not on separate screens. No, we're in person. We are. Give me, give me some more. Give me some. Oh, yes, sir. We are in person. Tyler and I are back in person, ready to record another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows podcast for you all. The amount of effort oh my gosh. and frustration <laughs> that went into making this happen is too much. It is too much. But here we are. Upgraded microphones. Finally are able to use a soundboard. Months later, because we just didn't have the equipment at the time. But uh, shout out to Sure Microphones. They uh they came through clutch. Not a sponsor. Not, not a sponsor. no, not a, sponsor. not a sponsor. Not an ad. Not a sponsor. But uh, sure came through clutch. So now Tyler and I are able to record in person. Cameron is not with us tonight because well, I mean he just moved cross country. I was gonna and... say it's not just tonight. It's uh, he'll be back Thursday. Oh, or, or, or in person. Or he'll be back. Yes, in person. Cameron will not be joining us. But in future weeks, what will be happening? We will be able to video. Uh, Cameron into all of our podcasts so he will still be with us he might even have a better camera than us he probably Uh, will he he probably probably will will. well that's the next thing Tyler and I are working on here is getting that all figured (laughs) out but no we are super stoked to be bringing you the fantasy football fellas back in person after being online for for so so long way longer than i think any of us anticipated oh any of us right (laughs) we we thought we were making strides back in like february (laughs) Look at it. Look at us now compared look to at us. <laughs> who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thunk? No, but uh, like I said, like <laughs> this has been long overdue to have an in-person episode of the fantasy football fellas. And you know what? I don't care if we've had to hit a couple of bumps along the way or roadblocks or anything like that. We're, fu- we're doing it. We're this, here. We're doing this. This is what it's about. We we did podcasts pretty much all summer last year in person. Oh my gosh! Remember <laughs> how were... poor those quali- that oh quality was? <laughs> Laptops underneath, so we got to tilt it up, and then we got two microphones between the two of uh, or three of us. It was disastrous. So now we finally got the setup that we want. We even got the nice the nice background Ooh, back backdrop uh, and everything. We got the helmets up front. I mean, look, this is a super long intro, but all this to say, like, we are excited to be making these strides for you, the people. And look, we just want to bring you quality content, right? We just want to bring you quality content, and we're going to do that today. 
between our top 20 running backs on this episode today. Uh, you can find me, Lucas Wenzel, on Twitter. W-E-N-C-L is the last name. Tyler underscore Plath on Twitter as well. Uh, we'll drop the 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 fellas socials. FF fellas on Twitter. The FF fellas on Instagram. Fantasy Football Fells Facebook. You, yeah, you, you can see it underneath if you're watching on YouTube. If not, Fantasy Football Fells Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok as well. Make sure to get your hands on our $5 draft guide as the season is coming up here. We are making updates to our projections literally daily. I made a ton of changes today as in, in preparation for this episode. Mm-hmm. Go get your hands on that. You can find that link down in the description of both the podcast and on YouTube as well. As we do for most of these episodes, let's just kick it off with some news and notes right away. Um, we have a few notes to cover um, from the past week here and another week of preseason action. Uh, maybe the most prevalent note we have to kick off the episode. Alvin Kamara becoming more and more likely that he won't be suspended this year, but instead will be suspended during the 2023 season. Adam Schefter reported that. I believe I saw, I've, I've seen that from multiple sources. That's not just a like Insider out of yeah, not Adam just a Schefter beat reporter, piece. right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Schefter came out with that. I've seen multiple credible sources with that. I think you'll see that reflected in our top twenty running backs today, of where we have Alvin Kamara ranked. If you if you saw where we had him before Schefter and all these other reporters came out with the news. To see where we have him now, I think uh, it's night and day. It's night and day. It's night and day. I mean, I still had Alvin Kamara as my running back eleven, but as soon as I took out that suspension, I, we'll, we'll get to him. We'll yeah, get to we'll, Alvin we'll Kamara. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get to Alvin Kamara. Kenneth Walker. This is uh, everything in Seattle is just. Uh, I don't know what to do with Seattle anymore. Kenneth Walker dealing with a hernia injury. Essentially, Seattle is doing all that they can to make sure he's okay for Week One. Rashad Penny been struggling with a hamstring injury as well i i mean what do you even make of the seattle backfield at this point i like i don't know if i want to roster either one i at this point if you're seattle why rush kenneth walker back that's like to me rashad penny is already back practicing yes so his hamstring thing, they'll monitor it, but it's not like a week-to-week thing or anything like that. Again, why rush him back? A hernia is serious. You don't want to you don't want to mess that up this early in Kenneth Walker's career. And if you don't, I mean, if you don't recover properly, that will repeat itself time and time again. Yes. So, again, if you're Seattle, why rush him back? You already know. I mean. <laughs> You're already accepting defeat if you've got right. Geno Smith and Drew Locke as your quarterbacks, right? Like, you're admitting defeat. Right. So why rush it back? I There's no need for them to. So, I mean, I wouldn't even – if I'm Seattle, like, I, I want to make sure he's okay for week one. But at the just same time – Just to have him. But, like, I'm not forcing him into action right away week one. No. No. It's, it's a bummer that they have to deal with it. But if you're Seattle, don't mess with it. Be smart. Play the long game. That's why you have Rashad Penny on a one-year deal, and you drafted Kenneth Walker not to take over this year. Because <laughs> you, you saw what Rashad Penny did at the end of last season. You signed DK to an extension. You still have Tyler Lockett. Play the long game. Play the long game. Another hot rookie, Damian Pierce, primed to take over the starting job, flashed out, showed out week one of preseason action. 
highest graded running back from week one of preseason action. He was the uh, PFF graded him out to be uh, graded, gave him a grade, excuse me, of 90.6, the highest graded running back in week one of preseason action. I've also seen multiple reports saying that like Houston, like their, their value, their talent evaluation should just be fired. If Damian Pierce isn't out there, it's a starting running back week one. Do you think Damian Pierce is the week one starter for them? I, I, I don't think he will be. Really? I think Houston's just going to be stubborn enough and just let it be a three-headed monster until like week four. Mm. And then they're like, oh, wait, everybody was right. Damian Pierce is indeed the best running back on our team <laughs> because we signed Marlon Mack, who's only one full year removed from an Achilles injury. I should say a full NFL season. Two, I guess he has two, two seasons removed from mm-hmm. Achilles injury, but still, it's not like you, you bounce back to 100% after two years. You're at about 90% still after two years. You still have Rex Burkhead. Oh, who, gosh. There's nobody. And then they're like, well, you know, yeah, actually, this guy out of Florida, <laughs> he's kind of good. Yeah, he, he's – I mean, here's the thing. The Texans set out this offseason with the priority of being able to rush the ball. Yes. Last year, running the ball for them was atrocious. Yep. There's a reason why they went out and grabbed Kenyon Green in the first round, who was a dominant run blocker. Yep. There's a reason why they started to just sign, I shouldn't say random names, but they went out and got one-year veteran deals with linemen that are great in the run game. Yep. They want to utilize, they want to get the run game going. Why wouldn't you start that week one? And I get that like you've got Marlon Mack, who is a change of pace a bit for for Damian Pierce, but if he if Damian Pierce continues to play like he did, when was that? Saturday? Yes. Saturday. Saturday. I don't see why you wouldn't. Or at least give him the bulk of carries. So I may have a different opinion on that in two weeks when Damian Pierce has two more incredible preseason games. And I'm like, you know what? Damian Pierce will be the week one starter. I just like I'm not ready to say that right now because I think Houston will still be dumb enough <laughs> to say, you know, why don't we give everybody a shot still? We need to see them against real action. It's like, well, or Damian Pierce is just better than every running back on your roster. Lovey Smith is their coach. Yeah, that's that's the that's the summary of that. Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson. Here here's the other piece of news. James White retired. Yeah. Oh, how did I forget about you, you that? Put, you put this note in here, but James White did retire. He did. Um, good for him, honestly. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly successful fantasy career, I would say. He had that one year, what was it, 17, maybe 2018? Uh, when did they beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl, 2018? 2018, I think. No, that would have been 17. That would have been 17 because that was no, – 17 my... would have been Eagles – yeah, so it was Patriots. 18. You're right. Yep, you're right. That year, James White was – no one No one knew that was coming. Highest PPR performance in Super Bowl history in the Super Bowl <laughs> against I, the Falcons. And, 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 I mean, fantasy aside, and you look at just the player himself, sure, <laughs> pretty one-dimensional, you could say. But everyone in New England loved James White appreciated the professional player that he was and he rewarded fantasy owners for one year <laughs> but like i mean he's been battling injuries for the past couple of years and last year was pretty serious yeah 
So if we're gonna if, if we're gonna give Chris Carson the you know the applause that he got for retiring, James White definitely gets that oh, too. He deserves it in uh, just as much, if, if, if not, not more, more. Not to just not, <laughs> no 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 disrespect, but someone has won multiple Super Bowls. No, James White just. I, I love that man for fantasy. He was one of my favorite players to, to roster because nobody wanted him. But I'm like, you know what? James White will give me 10 points this week. And he did every single week. He every never let me down. Uh, but now Ramondre Stevenson is practicing in that James White role. I'm not pulling too much out of this right now. I mean, there's been so much Ramondre, Ramondre hype recently that I'm just like, you know, he, he's a good player for the Patriots and they really like him. Damien, or not Damien. Yeah, Damien Harris. I, almost, I was about to say Damien Pierce. Damien Harris. Uh, is on the last year of his deal. No guarantee New England keeps him, especially after drafting Pierre Strong as well, who, I mean, honestly, he could fill that role for them as well. I'm not I'm not sold that, like, this is a sticking thing for Ramondre Stevenson. I think it's just another piece of hype that we just have to manage, and a lot of people are on Ramondre. I'm not quite there yet. I think if we do see Ramondre kind of take on the James White role this year, it won't stay. I agree. And I think... That is, I don't know if it's the entire argument for people taking Stevenson over Harris. That's what it feels like, is that, like, Ramondre becomes then this all-around do-it-all running back that you have to have in fantasy. Yeah, he's nice to have, but I don't think it's necessarily a, like, you know, he becomes a top 25 option at running back if he catches passes. Right. New England has always used multiple backs. Always. Yeah, I, I, Damian Harris is going to get all the work on the ground. Ramondre Steve, not in all the work. He's going to get a, a bulk of the work on the ground. Ramondre Stevenson is going to get his as well. I think you're going to see Pierre Strong mixed in there a little bit as well with no Brandon Bolden, no James White. Now, I think they're going to have to get Pierre Strong in the mix if they want to use you know, three running backs like they have in the past. I'm not touching any of these guys in fantasy, really. Like I get the upside with Ramondre. I would much rather take shots on guys like Kenny Gainwell, Damian Pierce, who's going in the same range. Like I would much rather take shots on those two guys than than Ramondre right now. Yeah, I, I when I was adjusting my rankings for the running backs in the draft guide, I got to the point where I was like, okay, the New England running backs, the Seattle running backs, Clyde Edwards Elaire, um, who's another name out there? Or that was right there with them. Oh, Elijah Mitchell, Devin Singletary. I was like, yeah. Okay, when you name off all those guys, like, I kind of like Ramondre a little bit more than all those guys, <laughs> but it is not by much. But then when you see the guys ahead of them, you're like, yeah, I'd rather, I most definitely would have those guys over Ramondre at this point. Right, Ramondre's not out of place in drafts, but at the same time, he's not someone that we are leaping to get right now just because of this news. Again, I think it's all hype that we just have to manage. Last piece of news, Antonio Gibson stock. Oof. I mean, Oof. look, he fumbled first preseason game, got taken out, Brian Robinson got put in, and then <laughs> Ron Rivera said, all right, Antonio, you're going back into play with the second and third team now. Um, I look, I wanted to still be a believer in Gibson. I wanted to be the voice against the grain that said we still have reason to believe in Antonio Gibson, given his rookie season. I'm ready to throw in the towel in on, in on Antonio Gibson, I think. I, I'm so close. Like, I am holding on to a sliver of hope that he still can finish 
right around the running back 20 range. And I still think he can, but man, that's not a good look to come out your first preseason game and fumble. No, no. And, and I think, I think I'm the, whatever sliver of hope you have is like half of that for me, because I look at it from a, a perspective of just the talent that is Antonio Gibson. Gibson came into the league when who was the starting running back for Washington at the time? You remember? Oh, well, I know J.D. McKissick was still part of the team because he freaking saw 100, 120 targets that year. It was absurd. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson was still, yes, that's right. That's when that's, he was doing. He bounced around to so many different teams. I'm just like, right. what, what team was he on that year? So you have a thirty mid-30s Adrian Peterson, and he picks up an injury. Antonio Gibson has just thrown into the fire because he's just the next one they've got. They've got no one else, and they're not going to throw down J- or they're not going to put in JD McKissick as a three-down back because right. that's just not who he is. So Antonio Gibson kind of got a uh, you know a pass. I will I will say right off the bat. Yeah, but when you look at the talent of Antonio Gibson and you look and you compare that talent to some of the other starting running backs in the NFL. There's kind of a drop off. Like, we kind of have to be honest about it. Yes. At this point, we do. So, are, is Washington starting to see that now? I think so. I, I think they have to. It, I, like, if Antonio Gibson still has these fumbling issues, they can't afford to have him on the football field. And they literally drafted Brian Robinson, who's like the literally night and day difference of Antonio Gibson of does not fumble isn't really electric, but just the definition of steady and consistent. And Ron Rivera will probably get to a point where he's like, you know, we can't have any more of this like high upside inconsistency. We just we, we need the guy who will protect the football for us and get us in scoring position. And that is literally why they drafted Brian Robinson. So if you have Brian Robinson in any leagues, good job. Yeah, you should feel good about yourself right now. Me, <laughs> this is me patting myself on the back for rostering him in both of my dynasty leagues. Um, at any rate, that wraps out the news. Should we jump to running backs? Yeah, other than Antonio Gibson. Other than Antonio Gibson. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Antonio Gibson does not make our top 20 running backs. Uh, <laughs> we'll say that right now. <laughs> we'll say that right now. Let's jump into them. We're going to take them by chunks of five. We're going to fly through this because 20 players is a lot to break down and discuss. And frankly, you don't need to hear analysis on why Jonathan Taylor... <laughs> He's one of the best running backs in fantasy football. You've you don't, heard it. You've heard it. Anything we could tell you is is just wasted time at this point. So what we're going to do, we're going to take it in chunks of five. We're going to list off five running backs at a time. We're going to start at one. We're going to work our way down. These are all based on our 17-game projections, which you can find in the Fantasy Football Fellows Draft Guide for only $5. Again, description to that is down in the description of this YouTube video and also uh, if you're listening to the podcast, it is down in the description there as well. On our full 17-game projections, Christian McCaffrey comes in as the number one running back. And and I, uh, so many people don't like to hear this, but it, it I'm still just so confused because people say they don't want to take McCaffrey that high, yet you look at his average ADP almost across the board everywhere. <laughs> he is going in the top three picks, people. Mm-hmm. Something doesn't make sense. Somebody's lying here. Somebody's lying, and I think it is the individual people who just 
don't have a top three pick in their draft and don't have to worry about Christian McCaffrey. So with all of that said, Christian McCaffrey is still a top pick to us. Um, if he's not going at the 101, he's the 102 in our eyes. You play to win in fantasy football, okay? You play to win, and Christian McCaffrey still, how, how many games did he play last year? Six. Six seven, games. Six, six or seven. I believe he played six. Four out of those six, 20-plus fantasy points. I, I, I've with Incredible. With, <laughs> with the Carolina Panthers of last year. He was running back two before getting hurt first time around, and he was still the running back four in his return. I mean, I just, like, what else do you want from this guy? Okay. Like, I understand health is a concern. I play to win, though. Okay. I play to win. Personally, I would probably still take Jonathan Taylor at the 101 just for the safety aspect of it. But Chris McCaffrey's the best player in fantasy football when on the field. He is worthy of being a top three pick in your drafts. You don't like that advice, fine. Don't draft him there. You don't have to listen to everything we say, but I will say if you're truly not a chicken, you'll draft you'll draft Christian McCaffrey top three in your drafts. You should. Here's you should. The thing. Here's the thing. I think the most popular argument is, oh, look what McCaffrey did back in 2019 when he averaged 29 points a game. Nobody's expecting that again. <laughs> we we can't. Okay. Nobody's like, expecting that. We've all learned our lesson. You know, those that had McCaffrey in the past or those like me that have not, we've all learned our lesson that you cannot expect 29 points a game out of him at this point. No. But what you can expect, 21, 22, 23, even 24 on some weeks. Expect that. His floor is 15. His ceiling is 40. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's what that's what you're getting with McCaffrey, Okay. Not every fantasy player can average 250 carries in a season and 115 targets on top of it, okay? No other running back in fantasy football can do that. Christian McCaffrey's the only one. To put it simply, everyone's looking for high upside, high floor. McCaffrey gives you that. When on the field. When he's on the field. Which is always the big concern, but in his full 17-game season, he is clearing away the number one running back for us. Running back number two, Jonathan Taylor, finished, obviously, as the running back one last season. He is running back two across the board for all of us fellas here. I mean, phenomenal season, five and a half yards per carry, over 330 carries, third and broken tackles, 20 total touchdowns, 18 of those rushing. He's a top two pick in your draft. Can we move on? It's worth, there is something that I found earlier today. Frank Reich himself said that he doesn't want to give Jonathan Taylor as many carries as he had last year. Well, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't want to just shove 330 carries on him every year. And with how young he is and what we see happen to guys like Derrick Henry and, shoot, even Najee. I mean, I know Najee didn't break down last year, but this, these are the same conversations we're having with people who are seeing high-volume seasons. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to react like, oh, no, oh, no, what's gonna, what's happening to the volume? Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in the league. He'll be just fine. No matter how many carries he gets, he will still be dominant. He will still be good. Honestly, whatever he loses in carries this year, I think he'll make up in targets. I think Matt Ryan will check down to him a little bit more. I'm not I'm not expecting, you know, like a 60-target season for Jonathan Taylor, but, like, I don't give, know. Give him a modest 35, 40 receptions. Right. I think that makes up for it. Mm -hmm. I think that's totally fine. 
to round out the top five, Alvin Kamara and number three, Austin Eckler, number four, Dalvin Cook, number five. Two questions I want to ask. Alvin Kamara at number three. He's my running back four. He's running back three for you and Cameron. I Look, there's no more Sean Payton. There's no more Drew Brees. Yeah, we have just utter confidence in Alvin Kamara coming off a year where he averaged the fewest yards per carry and the fewest rushing touchdowns. So he's still our number three running back. Uh, why? Why is that? So let's let's start with last year. How many games did Jameis Winston play? Uh, I believe he only played a handful, like three, four, maybe five. Yes. So then he's bouncing around between Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, Ian uh, Book. I was going to say Ian Book for a game, um, and I want to say there was one other one. He also missed four games last year. That's that's the other part. <laughs> he now is going to get Winston back. He's going to have his offensive line. Granted, there is no Toronto Armstead anymore, but right. they spent a first-round draft pick on Trevor Penning, who just mauls in space. So <laughs> That man's a monster. So, look, we can kind of excuse last year a little bit. Last year was a lot of moving pieces with the Saints team, and somehow – they were still as competitive as can be. Yep. Going into this year, he's kind of like the San Francisco Giants of consistency. San Francisco Giants. If they, he's the he's the even year. Oh player. oh oh! I, you, you switched sports on me. Oh yeah. You yeah. switched sports on me. Yes, because like, the world it was from 2010, 2012, 2014, <laughs> their year in the World Series. <laughs> Trust me, I was following that because I was a Madison Bumgarner fan. Oh now and Tim Lincecum. <laughs> From a from a Minnesota fan to a Minnesota fan, yeah. the Minnesota Lynx. Oh yeah, yeah, that was in, real. In every other year, <laughs> team, Alvin Kamara is exactly that. Last even year in 2020, the man had 83 catches on 107 targets, five receiving touchdowns, a little over 750 receiving yards. That's insane. That was pretty good. <laughs> That's insane. On top of that, he had 900. Rushing yards. Yep. And 16 rushing touchdowns. Granted, six of those came in one game. Okay, but do you think he would, he'd have at least 13 that season? Do you yes. Think? I mean, there was no way he was that Minnesota Vikings run defense was just awful. We don't need to go back into that game. But here's the thing. This offense is going to be right back to square one, you could say. Traditionally, you rely on your running backs in that moment. <laughs> sure, Winston can. You've got Michael Thomas, Chris Olave. I'm kind of banking on the on the Saints utilizing Kamara as the number one option in the offense, and then building everything off of the run game, or or just off of Kamara in general. Career high in rushing attempts for Alvin Kamara last year too: 240 rushing attempts in 13 games. Shoot. So they, they utilized him a lot more in the rushing game last year. I'm expecting them to do the same. I've been projected out to have a 274 rushing attempts this year, um, just shy of 1,100 yards at about four yards carry. So uh, over a 17-game season, I mean, we're looking at 330 carries for Alvin Kamara last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I look, I think they're going to continue using him in the rushing game. He's a guy who's going to see right around five targets a game. He's going to be a high usage running back. If he plays all 17 games this year, he is a locked and loaded top five running back that you are now getting 
right around running back 10. And his value will only come up closer to uh, the start of the regular season. So boiled in risk, obviously. Boiled in risk because he could, Lord knows, anything could happen. He could miss the, the, the middle of the season. But based on reports, not going to happen. Austin Eckler at number four, not much we really need to talk about here. Look, he's been on pace for 90 targets the past three seasons. He's going to be on pace for that again this year. The 20 rushing touchdowns or 20 total touchdowns are going to come down. But what? Down by three rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns, 15 total touchdowns. That's still a pretty dang good place to be when you still get 90 targets in a season. I don't know how much more we need to say about Austin Eckler. It's his PPR floor. Move on to Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. What puts him in the top five over a guy like Derrick Henry? I think that's a question we need to ask because just put out a video that said if your league is actually competitive, you're going to take Derrick Henry ahead of Dalvin Cook. I currently have, you and I both have Derrick Henry ranked ahead of Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. You and I have him as a running back six. Cameron has him as a running back four. I mean, he hasn't played a full season in his career. That's the big thing here. But we're going to see positive touchdown regression for Dalvin this year. He only had six last year. I believe on like 20, how many red zone rushes did he have inside of the five? Rushes inside of the five, I believe he had 20, he had 20, it was 20 plus last year. Yeah, he only scored six touchdowns on those. And that, that is the definition of unlucky. So I think we could see a 10 touchdown, rushing touchdown season for Dalvin Cook this year. That's going to boost his value immensely. I mean, in the two years before last year, he combined for 29 rushing touchdowns. He will score double-digit touchdowns. Yeah. He will get receiving work. That's That's been pretty apparent from Vikings camp so far is that yep. they want Jefferson, Thielen, a little bit of Irv Smith even, and Dalvin Cook in space. Yep. And, I mean, again, you put all those things together, there really is no – reason why he can't finish top five right but i think he's guaranteed to miss one to three two, games yeah a year. i was gonna say i was gonna say two to four i think probably feels realistic that's probably what keeps him out of the top five but his points per game is going to be well worth where he's going right in drafts right now his fantasy he, he's been top three top four in fantasy points per game two out of the past three years last year was the year he didn't hit that two years prior he was top four in fantasy points per game amongst running backs. That's what you're getting with Dalvin Cook. You just have to make sure you also roster Alexander Madison. Which isn't going to be the worst thing in the world. And I know everyone's going to say, like, well, he's currently going, or his ADP is in the 40s at this point. Yes, he's 41, I believe. Don't be surprised. I've, no, I know I've said this before. Don't be surprised if O'Connell actually mixes in Madison as well. Yeah. Just because it is the Rams, Shanahan, McVay approach to just utilize as many backs, weapons as possible. Yeah. You're going to see a more Alexander Madison this year. I know it's been a Sean McVay likes his guy kind of a system, but like that doesn't mean he hasn't mixed in a Sony Michelle. He hasn't mixed in a Daryl Henderson every once in a while. Um, we like Dalvin Cook this year, though. Tyler and I don't like him as much as Derrick Henry, who starts out 6 through 10. 6 through 10, Derrick Henry at 6, Najee Harris at 7, DeAndre Swift at 8, Joe Mixon 9, Aaron Jones 10. I mean, here here's what I want to say about Derrick Henry. We could say something about all these guys, but look. 
465 rushing attempts was the pace for Derrick Henry last year. In eight games, he had 214 rushing attempts. He's not going to hit that pace again. We don't he need. Shouldn't. He should. He shouldn't hit that pace again. That being said, this is a man where I don't want to question him. I'm terrified to draft him. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to question him uh, because the man is an absolute animal. Still wound up as the running back twenty-two. In eight games, half of the amount of games is pretty much everybody else. That's all we need to say on Derrick Henry. Okay, like that. That's why Tyler he's Tyler and I's running back four. I'm terrified to draft him, but I mean, there's a reason why, you know, the first three picks of the draft. I mean, JT, McCaffrey, then a debate for Eckler, Kamara. I probably lean Eckler just a little bit safer than Kamara because again, the suspension and we don't know yep. and all that. But pick four comes around. I'm leaning wide receiver over Derrick Henry. I I know it's a break between Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook, in our eyes at least. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, Cooper Cup there is awfully tempting. Yeah. Awfully tempting. But Derrick Henry, should he show out in a 17-game season, that is a man you don't want to mess with. That's why he's our running back six. He is format proof. Oh, 100%. He is format proof, yes. He is one of only a handful of running backs that are truly format proof and don't see variation on a format-to-format basis. Najee Harris at number seven. Comes in at both number seven for you and I. Reports all offseason rushing work is going to come down. I shouldn't say rushing work. Workload is going to come down. I mean, they can do this in a multitude of ways, though. Is it just that Najee doesn't see 90% of the snaps this year? I think he could probably see closer to somewhere you know, around 80, but he's just, you know, when Najee's on the field, he's going to touch the football. I think that's the way the Steelers want to look at this. But when he's not on the field, obviously, well, he's not going to touch the football, and they can get other guys more involved. He's still going to see 300-plus touches this year, mm-hmm. including you know, between rushing attempts and targets. I, I think he's one of the safer options in the back end of the first round. Frankly, if I'm at you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, if Najee falls to me at 10, that is like a smash. I will like break my computer smashing the draft button. I mean, uh, look, he only averaged four yards in attempt his rookie season. That can only get better. Because the Steelers' offensive line did in, improve. Just a, just a little you bit. You know how I got like kind of less and a little bit more high-pitched when I said that? Because <laughs> they kind of improved, but also not really. So, that being said, Najee Harris is a totally safe pick. I don't know how. He, he just won't see as many targets this year. I, 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 when you're a rookie... You have 94 targets right out the gate, and you weren't really known to be a uh, a receiving back. Right. He wasn't this <laughs> uber pass-catching back like Travis Etienne was coming out of college. He was a downhill runner. He was. from Alabama. He was. That'll go back down a little bit, and especially when they drafted a guy like George Pickens in the yes. second round, who's been showing out in camp so far. The receiving work is going to come back down a little bit. Yep. Are we expecting 94 targets? No. Are we expecting 74 receptions? No. But we're kind of expecting like 45-ish to 50, maybe? Receptions? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I have Najee statted out for 70 targets this year. Let's take a look at the draft guide. Yeah, you can you can check me on that. I'm pretty sure I have Najee statted out for 70, 70 to 75 targets this year. And I believe I have him catching about 55 passes on that. I think, yeah. So you're right at like 51-68. Yep. 
Oh, 68. I have him below 70. 68 targets, yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I All right, Cam, there you go. And he's Cam still is, my running back seven. Cam is right there with you. 52-69. I literally nice. cut his receiving work in half. And he's still the he's still my running back seven. Sorry, I slipped something in there. I'm still laughing about it. No, but he's still. I mean, he cut you cut it in half from last year. So what he's seeing, fifty targets. He's seeing forty two catches, sixty five targets. So okay, more so yeah. targets, but receptions are a little bit lower than you guys. Right, right. So I mean, he's still the running back seven. Right. So we still like Najee Harris this year. That's about all you need to know there. DeAndre Swift. <laughs> I love this man with my whole heart. I need you to ignore anybody that's telling you to fade DeAndre Swift this year because they are wrong. <laughs> I will just say that out front. I've heard a lot of, like, DeAndre Swift is a more expensive Aaron Jones. I get the argument. I yeah. really do. I get the argument. I still think DeAndre Swift. <laughs> I still think DeAndre Swift has far more upside than Aaron Jones does. Yeah. Like, DeAndre Swift has running back overall, overall running back one potential in him. He does. Because I don't think it's a gear like even with Jamal Williams on the field last year, DeAndre Swift was a running back two of the first seven weeks of the season. Only 151 rushing attempts. No, sorry, that's not through the first seven weeks. That was his whole season number. Regardless, he was pretty much dead even in splitting rushing work with Jamal Williams. Yet this man was a running back two. And I get it. Amon Ra wasn't there yet. TJ Hawkinson was still on the field. Somebody had to soak up all of Jared Goff's targets, right? So, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you that DeAndre Swift is going to like. I'm not sitting. I don't. I, I have DeAndre Swift as my running back eight. He's a running back eight for all of us. I'm not sitting here telling you that DeAndre Swift is my number one ranked running back because I am one thousand percent confident he's going to finish as the running back one. I am saying he has that upside, and Aaron Jones doesn't. That's why I like DeAndre Swift more. I mean, the man was on pace for over hundred targets last year. If he sees five targets a game, okay, Amon Ra takes away, let's see, let's do some quick math here. Amon Ra takes about a target and a half away a game. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I mean, he's still top 10. He's still very clearly top 10. You can get him early second round. I love the value on him. I love the value on him because you can get a guy like Jamar Chase in the first round. You could probably wrap around and still get DeAndre Swift in the second round. I am in love with that tandem at the back end of the first round. I've been able to get that so much from the 10th spot. In a 12-man league. I think what scares people off of Swift is that they don't understand the floor that he gives. No. Swift gives you, I I wouldn't call it a safe floor necessarily, but it is a relatively high floor. Receptions for running backs accumulate here. I have I have numbers here. Uh, this is according to, this is according to uh, footballpitcherlist.com. Uh, when we're looking at running back stats that matter for fantasy points, we are looking at total touches. Correlation to fantasy points is about 92%. You look at receiving yards, that's at 91%. Receptions is at 88 That's more than rushing attempts, rushing yards. I, like, I don't, like, receptions matter. Targets matter. DeAndre Swift is going to get a bulk of those. If you're worried about workload, Dan Campbell didn't say DeAndre Swift couldn't handle a full workload. Dan Campbell said himself, he's a guy we want out there every single snap. We just were not ready to do that with him because they did that last year. And the wheels fell off in about what? That was week nine he got injured. Yeah, he missed four games. No, sorry, week 12 he got injured. Excuse me. 
Week 9 was their bye week. That all being said, I'm in on DeAndre Swift. Don't let anybody else talk you out of it. DeAndre Swift is a piece you want on your fantasy team this year. Don't pass him up for Aaron Jones, who is still our running back 10. But uh, to talk about Joe Mixon here quick, running back four in 2021, I think this ranking of Joe Mixon at nine, he's my running back nine, Cameron's running back nine, you're running back 10. I think this is just more about guys who didn't play full seasons last year that we have ranked ahead of him. Yeah. This is still a Bengals team that had, that plays terribly slow. Like they, they were one of the slowest offenses in the NFL last season. And frankly, if you make it to a Super Bowl with that kind of a system, like I don't think Zach Taylor should get too cute and try and switch things up. Like, I get if you want to, like, increase the tempo of play a little bit more, but I think that'll come more in the passing game than it will than it will in the run game. I think that means Joe Burrow might swing the ball around a little bit more. I think that means more production for Jamar Chase. I think T. Higgins specifically that means more production for. By the way, T. Higgins line on prize picks, promo code Fels if you want to use that, 975 yards. Smash the Smash over. The he, over. He, he's, he's been over that both years in, his, in the NFL so far. He's been a 1,000-yard receiver both years. Smash the over on that. <laughs> promo code Fels on prize picks. Um, I think it's just more about Christian McCaffrey playing a full season, Dalvin Cook playing a full season, uh, based on 17-game projections, which, which, which is, again, is what our draft guy is based on. It's about DeAndre Swift playing a full season. Like, that automatically, if, if Mixon was running back forward, he put those three guys ahead of him, he's at seven. Mm-hmm. So then we still have Najee Harris there. We have Jonathan Taylor there still, right? It's nothing against Mixon. I actually really like Mixon this year. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm perfectly fine spending a late first round pick early probably early second round more realistically on Mixon is where he'll fall. Career high rushing touchdowns, 290 attempts last season, sustained a full 17 game season. I like Joe Mixon this year still, even yeah. though he's our running back nine. Yeah, I think I I remember saying this at some point. I don't know if it was on a podcast or just to you guys. That Bengals offense is built off of Joe Mixon. Yes they take shots because teams are playing up on Joe Mixon. Yes. There's a reason why Joe Mixon had nearly 300 rushing attempts last year. Yeah. You know, I think it's safe to say that you know what you're going to get with Joe Mixon. You're going to get the guy who has, or you're getting the guy who is the focal point of that offense. Whether it's, you know, whether it's, you know, bell cowl or whatever but like mixon sets the tone for the offense and allows burrow to take the shots to jamar chase and t higgins yep you know what you're getting with mixon he's still a top 10 running back he's still a top 10 running back i draft him confidently this year it, it is it, it's not joe mixon hate i feel like i'm like so much more I have, to, I have to talk so positively about joe mixon because i have him ranked so low and it's no hate it is just i think other guys have more upside i think we saw the best of joe mixon last year I don't think that gets any better versus I think these other guys have more to get to. Aaron Jones at number 10. Look, this is about Devontae Adams being gone. You're not drafting Jones to be a 250 rushing attempt guy because A.J. Dillon is there, and A.J. Dillon's probably going to see 200 rushing attempts this year. Aaron Jones is probably going to see 170, 165. But Aaron Jones is going to see 85 targets this year Mm -hmm. because there's no Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to huck the ball 160 times to Alan Lazard, to Romeo Dubs, to Christian Watson. Randall Cobb? To Randall Cobb, to Sammy Watkins. I mean, Aaron Jones is going to be the, the not the number one pass catcher in that offense, but he's going to be the biggest beneficiary because Rodgers, without Devontae Adams, what, Aaron Jones was 
his pace was crazy. I mean, like, on 935 receiving yards over a 17-game season. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy. I mean, dude was a top-five running back without Devontae Apps. So, we had high hopes for Aaron Jones this year, too. But, I mean, with how much he's dropping in drafts, like, you can get him late second, late second round. So, if you're walking out of your first two rounds, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, with Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones, Cooper Cup and Aaron Jones, J- Justin Jefferson and Aaron Jones... I love that start. It's a win. It is a win. It's a total win. Um, I'm not so worried about rushing stats. I'm You're drafting Aaron Jones to be a PPR monster. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to get from him this year. Can we move on? Oh, yeah. Next five. We're halfway done. We're going we're to crank through these because I think we're uh, we're nearing. Oh, yeah. We're, we're at about 45 minutes here. So we, uh, <laughs> we got to crank gotta through. Go. We got to go. But thankfully, some of these next guys, I don't. We can spend some time discussing, but oh, I have one like blanket statement I need to make about really running backs 15 through 18 probably, but we'll get to that. Running backs 11 through 15, Leonard Fournette at 11, Ezekiel Elliott at number 12, Nick Chubb at 13, Saquon Barkley 14, Javante Williams 15. Lenny, it's about receiving work. It's about receiving work. 84 targets last year, 69 receptions. Only 180 rushing attempts this year. Now you add in all of the injuries to these wide receivers at Bucks camp so far. Yeah, Mike Evans nagging hamstring injury. Russell Gage is now <laughs> struggling with an injury. Chris Godwin, we have no clue when he's actually going to be back. Julio Jones is a ticking time bomb for an injury at this point. I So, like, Lenny, if he sees another 80 targets this year, I'm not going to be surprised. I don't think he's going to be the running back six again. But do I think he could be top 12? I certainly think so. I'm not worried about... Lenny McFlurry, right? Like, I'm not worried about Big Mac Lenny. I'm not worried. All these nicknames you can come up for Leonard Fournette because he's fat, came in, came in overweight to camp. They're funny. I laugh every time I read one. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> that's not stopping me from drafting Leonard Fournette because, again, like Aaron Rodgers, it's about trust with Tom Brady, and he trusts Leonard Fournette. There's a reason why Leonard Fournette has said in the past, I only want to play with Tom. <laughs> because Tom trusts him. Yes. And especially if these wide receivers are not going to be healthy, <laughs> Leonard Fournette is a smash every single time. And, like, for some people that like to go hero RB, because I think Fournette is still going this late. He's going, like, early third round in drafts. So you could, I, uh, you could stack up. I've seen it happen. You could stack up on Jonathan Taylor if you go one on one. You could stack up on Jonathan Taylor. You could take a Saquon. I've seen Saquon Barkley tail into the second round. You can get Leonard Fournette too. I honestly, I love Hero RB from the first two draft spots this year. I love it because if you, especially if you get an Aaron Jones to fall there too. Oh, oh wow! I've seen it happen. It's wild. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So, Hero might Hero RB might be the move for early draft picks this year. Um, if you go check out our other podcasts with Alex Crusoe when he came on and mock draft with us. He will explain put, it. put on a clinic. Okay, <laughs> he put on a clinic. Uh, that is worth going and watching. Ezekiel Elliott comes in at running back 12. A look. It, it, it's a tale of two different stats, I think, for Zeke. He was a running back 7 in 2021. He was a running back 16 in fantasy points per game. Oh, we shot the middle here. I have him as a running back 12. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. 
but he's being drafted as a running back 17. I, I, I don't know. We've talked, we've ran the Ezekiel Elliott bit into the ground. He's your running back 11. He's my running back 14. And really for running backs 14 through 18, they're literally all within six fantasy points of each other. If I tweak one touchdown for any of them, three receptions and 30 yards for any of them, like they literally drop four spots. So you could talk me into having Ezekiel Elliott at like running back 12. You could talk me into having Ezekiel Elliott at like, I, I, I'm not ranking him lower than running back 17. That is for sure. That is an absolute steal. What say you about Ezekiel Elliott? Because you have been the Ezekiel Elliott advocate all off season. I mean, just you, you can read the stats to the people and let's leave it at that because everybody, if you follow us on TikTok, if you've been listening to this podcast all offseason, we have been banging the drum on Ezekiel Elliott that you should still be drafting him this year. So before we get to the stats, I think it's fair to say that there's 11 running backs who fit the RB1 bill. Oh, oh, I did not expect you to go this route. Oh, I'm. <laughs> Does Zeke fit in there? Overall running back one. Probably not. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you Probably scared not. me. You scared me. <laughs> you, you said 11 and start that. And I'm like, you have Zeke at 11. <laughs> no, because here's maybe, maybe I should have said 10 because Oh, I, I was thinking about Lenny being the 11th. I would rather put Javante in there See, instead. So here's the thing. If there's 10 guys that fit the RB1 bill, that means that they're, you know, in a 12-man, two guys have to fill your RB1 spot that are really just RB2s. Right. I would feel those two guys for me are Lenny and Zeke. Okay. Because you know what you're getting with these guys. You know that they are goal line threats. They get a decent amount of receiving work. And they're in offenses that will utilize them. Yes. There's no, you know, I'm not going to say there's no competition. but There is relatively little competition. Yeah. I mean, Tony Pollard is pretty substantial competition, though. True. But does does Tony Pollard have a eighteen million dollar cap hit? Well, no, which is which is the point that needs to be brought up here. There is no advanced metric that will that will help Tony Pollard overtake Zeke's eighteen million dollar contract. We've seen this happen in the past. Jerry Jones puts his players, or I shouldn't say puts his players. Even though it feels like he does the coaching, at some <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, it feels like it. He has a lot of say when it comes to I paid this player this amount of money, put them on the field. Yeah, that's not going to change for Zeke. And and even I, who was it? Who was it that I saw come out and say that? Was it McCarthy? Maybe no, it was Jerry Jones himself. It was Jerry Jones himself not a week or two ago, came out and said, we need Zeke to yes. be one of our top weapons this year. Yes. Yeah, he said, <laughs> Zeke is our guy. There is room for Tony Pollard. <laughs> that was the quote. That I was the quote. I don't think there needs to be anything else. I mean, if we're going to look at this from a stat standpoint, here we go. He finished top 10 
amongst running backs, running backs, and rushing attempts, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, carries inside the five, routes run, targets, and receptions. I like all those metrics. Real quick, pull up that article or, or that website that you have. Or oh, off yeah. the top of your Here head. We go. Off okay, the top yep, of your head. Yep, yep, yep. How many of those stats are important to running backs scoring? Running back scores in fantasy football. Yep, so we're looking at um, – sorry, repeat it again. Attempts, rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, carries inside the five, routes, targets, and receptions. So you've got rushing touchdowns, 86%. You've got rushing attempts at 86%. Um, you've got – was receptions on that list? Yep. 88%. Targets. Uh, rushing yards. Rushing yards. Or, re- receiving yards. Or, no, yeah, rushing yards are 91%. Uh, receiving yards, 88%. Uh, I could keep going. 80, was he top 10 in targets? Yep. 84%. He was top ten in nearly every single cat, every single stat that is important to a running back in fantasy football, and he's going as RB seventeen. It's too low. It is it's too low. Too low. <laughs> it's too low. Think about Zeke. Here is I I, I th- this boggles my mind every time I look at this. Here is target numbers from the past four years. 65 last year, 71 in 2020 in 15 games, 71 in 2019, 95 in 2018, okay? I'm not telling you Ezekiel Elliott is going to hit 95 targets. I'm not telling you he'll even hit 70. I think 65 is probably a realistic-ish mark. Tony Puller truly comes in and plays more receiving work downs, which I have him stepped out to be. I think I only have Zeke at about 60 targets this year. He's still my running back 14. Even if Zeke hits that 65 number again, he jumps up to, you know, 13 12 for me in my projections so love ezekiel elliott this year he's going far too low at running back 17 we've got to move on because we spent a ton of time on zeke and we luckily, got luckily these guys don't really take a whole lot of time compared to a guy like ezekiel elliott 13 <laughs> we needed to do zeke justice we know we did 13 nick chubb uh running back 13 across the board for all of us and hey guess where he finished in 2021 let me guess 13 uh, he finished as running back 13 wow. granted he How did long? only play 12 games but here's the thing about nick chubb he has no PPR upside. None. Zero. None. Uh, since Kareem Hunt joined the team, there hasn't been a season where Nick Chubb has seen more than 25 targets. He can be the most efficient runner on all of planet Earth. Now, for at least six weeks, you're going to get Kobe Brissett at quarterback. I don't know how many loaded boxes Nick Chubb is going to get. Granted, he saw a ton as it is with Baker Mayfield. Let's not pretend Baker Mayfield was this, like, <laughs> stuff the box alleviating quarterback because he wasn't that being said i don't trust nick chubb being drafted as a top 10 running back in ppr formats because he has no ppr upside he is not derrick henry because nick chubb is not going to get 335 rushing attempts in a single season while kareem hunt is still on the team plain and simple let's move on <laughs> saquon barkley Running back 14 for us. He's my running back 11. I actually really love Saquon Barkley this year. A report came out today from, uh, not from Brian Dable, but B came out and said the workload for Saquon Barkley could be absolutely huge, I believe was the phrasing. Mm-hmm. And that's been, that's been the talk all offseason. I really didn't buy into it at first. I'm just kind of like, look, this is what we've gotten from Saquon Barkley. He's going to be involved in the passing game. He has been. He's been you know top 15 in, in running back targets and receptions each of the past you know three years that he's played a full season. 
Like, I don't, like, I, touchdowns will go up. I would assume this Giants team is going to be in scoring position more often. I, like, Saquon, like, I think we have to remember what Saquon Barkley can be for fantasy football, but that's also not why you're drafting him as a top 10 running back right now. Uh, I honestly love the value I can get on Saquon Barkley. I will. I am ready to get hurt again, as Michael Scott would say. <laughs> I am ready to get hurt again. So, so here's the the question for you: Do you see him as an RB one? That if you wait on a running back, let's say for you know, you take Cooper Cup, okay, you know, top three pick. Are you taking Saquon and around two to be your RB one? Uh. Or you grabbing another running back to get some sort of preferably if I were in that case, I would draft Saquon Barkley and immediately in the third round I'd come back and I'd get another running back. Okay. I would probably get a guy who has a safe floor like an Ezekiel Elliott in that case. So who is going tail end of the third round at this point. <laughs> so here's I think what needs to be said for Saquon. He has R B one upside. But we've been but <laughs> Between injuries, offensive line play, the offense as a whole, we've been burned by it. Oh yeah. So <laughs> the potential of getting burned by Saquon Barkley is a thousand percent there. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just ready to go ahead and take that gamble and get hurt the, the, <laughs> if it doesn't work out. I mean, the chances of him finishing as an RB one this year are much greater than what we thought last year. Yes. And that's why he's going so close to that RB1 territory. Yes. Yes. Javante Williams comes in at 15. This is a guy who I do think has the overall running back one upside. In part because if the pendulum does swing his way in any capacity this year, I think we're going to walk into the season. I think we are going to see a 60-40-ish time slip between him and Melvin Gordon, which is why I have him at 15. He finished as the running back 17 last year in a pretty much 50-50 split. Out targeted Melvin Gordon, thirty or fifty three targets. Excuse me, to thirty eight targets. Most broken tackles in the league, sixth in yards created last year, seventh in yards created per touch. So the man is dynamic. There will there will come a time this year where I think the pendulum will swing towards a 75-25 split for Javante. How much do you boil that into drafting him as a running back thirteen right now? Actually, I think he's going earlier than the running back thirteen at this point. I think he's closer to. 10, 11, 12, yeah. even 9. I think I've seen him in some drafts. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to draft him that high yet. It's it's not an absurd ADP. It depends how much you want to wait and, and play the waiting game with Javante and when he'll actually take over. Because it, it's him. He is the number one now. Mm-hmm. That is the com- confirmation on camp. But the reports have been everywhere of 70-30, 60-40, 50-50. and seeing receiving, right? It, it's different and all over the place. So... I'm fine. Javante at 15 feels about perfect for me because I know his upside. But I also know Melvin Gordon could just be the biggest headache in the world for the entire season if he, you know, plays himself into a you know another one year contract somewhere. I was gonna say, just like last year. Yeah. Like you you saw what happened last year in the more likely than not worst case scenario. Yep. Where they split carries fifty fifty, he finishes the RB seventeen. Any kind, like you said, any kind of swing of the pendulum in favor of Javante is only going to help him finish higher. 15 is probably safe. Can he finish 
in that where his ADP is in that like 9, 10, 11 range, absolutely. Yep. Can he finish higher than that? I can see a way that he does. There's a path to that, yes. But 15 feels safe. It feels... I'm not going to buy the argument that people say it's too low. It no. feels right. It feels right. It does. I think it does. Yeah, 15 I'm comfortable with. That's why I know I won't have many shares of Javante, though, because he won't go that late. Mm-hmm. He won't go that late. Uh, 16 through 20, let's wrap this thing up here. James Conner at 16, David Montgomery 17, J.K. Dobbins 18, Brees Hall 19, Travis Etienne 20. Uh, James Conner is the screaming elephant in the room here, obviously finished as a top five running back in 2021. He's my running back 16, your running back 18, Cameron's running back 14. I need to read you the numbers, though, because this is why James Conner is my running back 16. But again, I had James Conner as high as my running back 13 in my projections this offseason. Right, like I am not, like because I have James Conner at sixteen, I am not out on James Conner. I am not telling you to not draft James Conner. I am also telling you that I think you need to tamper your expectations on him being a top ten running back again this season. He's running back five in PPR, seventeenth in rushing attempts. Okay, so he wasn't. I, I know that some of that was with Chase Edmonds, but he wasn't getting insane volume. Twenty fourth in rushing yards, averaging only three point seven yards an attempt. Oof. 28th in running back receptions. Aye. 37th in running back targets. Yikes. Second in rushing touchdowns. Well, that'll do it. That'll do it. I think rushing touchdowns are going to come down this year. I understand rushing touchdowns are more of a sticky stat to to project the season to season than not. I'm not banking on any running back hitting 15-plus touchdowns for two straight years. Unless if your name is Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry. I was going to say, if your name is Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, that's really about it. Rushing touchdowns specifically. Like, I, I have James Conner projected for, I believe, 15 total touchdowns this year. So I am, like, on, on the fringe of what he is for rushing touchdowns, yet I still have him as a running back 16. With Chase Edmonds on the team last year, only five targets for Chase Edmonds' injury in Week 8. Five. I don't think it's a guarantee they just fork over all the receiving work to James Conner like some people think they are. Like, could James Conner see 50 targets this year? Yeah, well, of course. I think he could. I think I haven't projected to see that. But I think it's ludicrous to just assume by bringing in Daryl Henderson, who also saw... Williams. Did I say Henderson? Yeah. Daryl Williams, thank you. Uh, by bringing in Daryl Williams, who saw a really good chunk of volume and proved himself as an efficient pass catcher last year. Um, who else did they did they bring in this? Uh, um, Eno Benjamin. So not, they didn't bring him in, but Eno Benjamin is still on the team. And Kingsbury has been... Hyping him up. They want to get him in more of a Chase Edmonds-esque light role. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a guarantee James Conner sees all the receiving work like some people do. So... I'm going off of a James Conner sees around four yards per carry this season. I think he'll probably see right around 200 and I think I haven't sat for 230 rushing attempts this year. Still not an efficient season. Touchdowns come down. He falls right in that mid running back two range for me. Mm-hmm. That's just my, that's the elephant in the room on James Conner. It's just a fact. It's just facts. It's just fact. I still will. I, I like James Conner. I just I I I don't I don't understand the top ten hype on him honestly yet. I'm just I'm not there. I'm not there when I'm expecting regression from him. And frankly, he hasn't proven he can stay healthy for a full season. 
He only missed one game last year, but it was not the history of James Conner in Pittsburgh. David Montgomery comes in at running back 17. He's my running back 17, running back 16 for both you and Cameron. There is no stat I can give you about David Montgomery that's going to convince you to draft him because none of it is pretty. I can't sit here and give you like a favorable top 10 David Montgomery stat. (laughs) But what I can do is tell you that he was the running back two in the 2020 fantasy playoffs and he was a running back four in the fantasy playoffs last year. So this guy who's got, he's gotten it done at the end of the regular season, two years in a row. It is a new regime in Chicago this year. I understand it's a little bit more risky. I frankly, I just, I, I, I feel like, I feel like people want to find reasons to not like David Montgomery. And then when it comes time to draft him, you're kind of like, I mean, he's better than most of the options on the board. I guess he won't disappoint me. So you're never going to be like, Score. I scored David Montgomery. <laughs> you're never gonna. You're never gonna. You're never gonna say that. But he's not gonna. I will, I I will have to say that in every <laughs> draft now. That when I take David Montgomery, hands up in the air. I got yeah! David Montgomery. Let's go. <laughs> he's not sexy, but hey, he's he's top twenty. He's top twenty. He's top twenty. J.K. Dobbins is eighteen. Let's. Uh, we can start wrapping this up here. We are getting on the long end. J.K. Dobbins at running back 18, running back 18 for me, 17 for you, 21 for Cameron. Uh, look, coming off an ACL tear, and I think that's kind of boiled into this projection, honestly, uh, because, man, I'm just going to read off these numbers, and I think you're going to understand. Like, I don't think we need to say anything more because then we can just smash these last two mm-hmm. running backs together. When Dobbins started to take the reins in week uh, 8 of 2020, right, his rookie season, when he finally started to see you know double-digit carries very consistently, the running back 11 overall, averaging six yards per carry. He was seventh in yards after contact. If you thought he was good after contact, he was just as good before contact. He was ninth in yards before contact. So not only was this Ravens offense opening holes for him, someone would come meet him in the hole, and then he'd still go for another three yards afterwards. Mm -hmm. Did all that on only 109 rushing attempts. So the man is crazy efficient, scored seven touchdowns in that stretch as well. I th- look, he was running back 11 overall. So that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like coming off of an ACL tear, we're not, I'm not expecting J.K. Dobbins to average six yards a carry. I'm not expecting him to be this freak after contact. I am expecting him to still be an efficient runner in a Baltimore Ravens offense that has been typically run focused. I'm just expecting Dobbins to be crazy efficient and just score touchdowns. And that kind of gets him to the, that running back 18 range. You know, if he averages five and a half, six yards carry again, you know what? He could find himself in that top 15 very quickly. I have him at about, I think I have him at about 4.8, five yards carry right now. Yeah, let me do some quick math on my end. I got him for a little shy of 800 on like 180 carries. So that puts him. Somewhere between four, four and a half, I think. Maybe maybe it's right around four. How many here? I'll do the math. Read me the numbers. Uh, 180 rushing attempts. How many yards? 788. 788 yards divided by 180 rushing attempts would put you at 4.4 yards per carry at all. Okay. So you haven't even been less efficient, and he's still your running back 17. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, there's room for Dobbins to be absolutely 
a, a home run pick this year. Yes. Oh, yes. I think Dobbins may wind up being one of the best values in drafts, especially in best ball when he was dropping all the way down to like running back 22, 23. If promo code fell as an underdog, you want to go draft best ball leagues. Uh, we'll be going live Saturday. I'll be able to go live Saturday. There you go. Tyler's wearing the underdog shirt. Promo code fellas. Uh, go like go get yourself some J.K. Dobbins shares over on underdog, honestly. Because I think he's still hovering around in that RB 21-22 range. And since best ball is half PPR? Even more favorable for Dobbins. Even more favorable. Yeah, because J.K. Dobbins was not getting receiving work. I believe he only saw about 10 targets during that span, too, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Last two. We're going to smash these two together because, honestly, they're so identical. I shouldn't say so identical. For, for you. Uh, yeah, they're well, okay. So they're, I, I shouldn't say they're identical. I understand you. You have more of a animosity towards one of these running backs. Whoa, I should say animosity, but like not cautious. as favorable. Cautious. Brees Hall is our running back nineteen, running back twenty for both you and I. Running back eighteen for Cameron, and Travis Etienne at twenty. He's my running back nineteen. Cameron running back nineteen. You're running back twenty five. Here's the thing. Both of these running backs received a ninety nine draft grade. When they each came out of college, okay? Only six running backs, uh, per next-gen stats, only six running backs have done that since 2003. Reggie Bush, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Brees Hall. And if you tuned into our mock draft episode with Alex Caruso, he let us know, he let the people know, a rookie running back has finished top 15 in 10 straight years, top 10 in nine of the past 10 years, and top six for the past five years. I'll tell you who's not going to do that. Kenneth Walker isn't going to do that. Sorry about it. Damian Pierce isn't going to do that. Well, no, but James you Cook, can still like Damian Pierce. You can still like Damian Pierce. Oh, I love Damian Pierce. James Cook isn't going to do that. No. Nope. Rashad, Rashad White isn't going to do that. Tyrion Davis-Price. Not going to do that. Not going to do that. Tyler Algier, not going to do that. Nope. But it's going to be Breeze Hall. It's going to be Breeze Hall. I'm not, and that's not like gospel. It's like, oh, Breeze Hall, top 15 lock. That That's not gospel for that K. But if it is going to be one, it's going to be Breeze Hall. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Breeze Hall. And Travis Etienne, again, he falls into this boat. That 99 draft grade didn't really play his rookie season, so he's like kind of in his rookie season. But also, I'm far more worried about James Robinson in Jacksonville than I am Michael Carter on the Jets. I just think this Jaguars team is going to be a better offense than the Jets this year. And that's yeah. about where, where it boils down to for me in terms of, like, I get why people are more in on Travis Etienne because it is pass catching that's going to elevate him with Trevor Lawrence. But it, again, when you get James Robinson back, I think he is going to vulture some touches there because Doug Peterson has always done that. Always. He's always done that. Yeah, and I know, I mean, we were kind of joking about this before we started recording, but Darren Sproles had a top 25 finish with Doug Peterson. (laughs) Not because Doug Peterson wanted to. It's just what he had to work. He kind of had to because they had literally nobody. That The starter, I'm pretty sure, that year, ready for a blast from the past, Ryan Matthews. I was just going to say Ryan Matthews. Ryan Matthews, okay, like – Sure. So is there a path because he is a pass catching guy? Sure. He's better than both Darren Sproles and Ryan Matthews. Right, right, right. Like I'm like that's no disrespect to Travis Etienne because Travis Etienne is a very talented running back. But so is James Robinson. 
proved it. One of the best undrafted rookie running backs we've seen. So one of the best, not the best, one of the best, one of the best. So I, for me, it's a matter of like, I, I'm not gonna sit here and just say like I respect James Robinson's talent more than you and Cam do, but like, I I fear a little bit because I see a lot of a dare I say it like a Jay Ajayi in Ooh. James Robinson a little interesting. bit interesting, and that's who like Doug Peterson like fell in love with in Philadelphia. <laughs> Never made it work, but never made it work. But he always wanted JHI there, so I don't know. I understand the upside. I understand the potential role that he could have. I'm not there yet, and that's okay. And that's okay. You're just on the opposite end of the spectrum because I think a lot of people, because Travis Etienne in drafts is going around the running back 19, running back 20 range. Mm-hmm. There are people who are on the wagon of like he's top 12 this year. Draft him everywhere confidently and often and you're like i'm not there i'm running back 25 so So you're lower than all those people who think you're just absolutely stupid (laughs) so here okay so from Brees hall to etm in the draft guide yep here are running backs that i would rather take than etm oh interesting cam Akers. i disagree but keep going starting the list off hot i mean i just don't (laughs) like cam Akers this year but keep going (laughs) josh jacobs okay i could see that Kareem Hunt. Spicy, but sneaky like that. And it's an Antonio Gibson, but like that may change. That's probably going to change. But Kareem Hunt is going rounds. Running back 30. Rounds later. 95th overall. Honestly, like if I need an RB2 and like ETN's my only option there, I'm kind of waiting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think I'm, like, jumping at the bit to get Travis Etienne, but honestly, if I'm looking for a running back two and I've loaded up on wide receivers, I, I'm i not opposed to taking Travis Etienne as my running back two, I guess. Okay. I haven't drafted him very often. I don't think I've drafted him, like, at all. Yeah, so so that, that all being said, right, like, the, the upside is there for Travis Etienne, but I think you do have to recognize the system he's in and, like, James Robinson off an off Achilles, he's not going to be the, the, the ultimate threat that he could potentially be. Very true. But Doug Peterson, like, he's going to get him touches. It's not going to be fantasy-relevant touches, but Doug Peterson's going to get him touches. I mean, if you're expecting – I don't think either of us or Cam are expecting this, but, like, if you're expecting ETN to really kind of, like, take a strong grip of lead duties in Jacksonville, James Robinson will give you – one of the biggest headaches in terms of teammates just taking opportunities away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what it'll be. It'll just be a, a dumb vulture scenario that keeps ETN from hitting his peak, which is probably a top 10 running back in fantasy football. Bingo. Well, that wraps out our top 20 running backs and another episode of the fantasy football fellas podcast. Uh, anything you want to add before we wrap out the episode here? I can't wait for our next episode. Oh, next episode is going to be so much fun. I am stoked for that. <laughs> stoked. We have our fella flag plants coming later this mm-hmm. week. The players we are all in on for the 2022 season. You might remember this as the fella favorites from last year is now the fella flag plants because that is it far more sounds, appropriate. Sounds way cooler. Sounds way cooler. <laughs> sounds so much cooler, bro. I, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, make sure to drop a follow on our socials. Uh, I'm at Lucas Wentzel on Twitter. Tyler underscore Plath on Twitter. FF Fellas uh, is our Fantasy Football Fellas account on Twitter. The FF Fellas on Instagram, Fantasy Football Fellas, Facebook, YouTube, and the good old TikTok. We're at about 125K over there, and we are dropping league winning knowledge for you all pretty much every single week, every single day. 24 7 365 sometimes twice in a day i i, I don't know <laughs> well, well, we'll let you figure that out thanks for tuning in to another episode of the fantasy football fellows podcast uh we're, we're two suits being dudes right now we're looking forward to making it three on thursday <laughs> there, there's three of us up there <laughs> the three of us soon, soon there it is oh yeah you can even read it three stooges being dudes fantasy football fellas thanks for tuning in We will see you all on Friday. Deuces. Deuces.